welcome listeners to the Thundercast. I am your host, Connor Sanders, joined today by McKay Pett. McKay, how are you feeling today, man? How are you uh, approaching this midway point in your semester? So far, so good. Uh, I can't believe the semester's already midway through. It, it's pretty crazy. It's just flying by. Um, a lot of sports going on right now, so that's definitely uh, keeping me entertained somehow. Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a good sports time because there's a lot going on. After the All-Star break, there's like, what, 29 games, something like that left yep. on the NBA docket. Playoff schedule, or the playoffs are pretty much set um, in the NBA. So that's that'll be interesting to watch how the seeds and stuff kind of shake out. But overall, I'm just excited for this time. Got a lot on the show for you today. Got talking about the NFL's new playoff proposal. Maybe a look at uh, men's and women's basketball as well as the football schedule release. But let's start with the All-Star Weekend. We were excited for it last week. McKay, did All-Star Weekend meet your expectations in Chicago, or how did you uh, enjoy the weekend? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I guess I don't have super big expectations for All-Star Weekend. Uh, yeah. I, it's more just something to kind of pass the time and look forward <laughs> to. Uh, so I don't have super high expectations, but with that said, I thought it was probably one of the more exciting All-Star Weekends, um, just with the controversial dunk contest, um, and then obviously for the first time in gosh feels like as long as I can remember there was a an all-star game that was actually exciting and had some defense and had some uh, had some energy to it so I, I enjoyed it yeah I, there was some confusion over what the Elam ending was like I know a lot of the people that didn't really care about basketball were a little confused by that totally great though I thought it was a genius way of actually keeping it competitive at the end um, and the players seemed to enjoy it too. They were really yeah. taking it serious down the stretch. People like trying to make plays, Embiid trying to post up people. Like it was a a fun, exciting game. I loved the all the Kobe Bryant tributes. I felt like we're all very tastefully done. The common thing at the start was really long, but mm-hmm. you know it was it was a good um, celebration of basketball. It's something that I feel like basketball does better than anybody else, especially the NBA. Yeah. Like celebrating themselves, bringing in all the old players. Like they still have, you know, Scotty Pippen, all these guys courtside. Like you'll yeah. just see a shot of somebody running down the court, and you're like, oh hey, look, there's Bill Russell in the background. Yeah. You know, the NBA just does such a great job of. It feels almost like a like a family reunion exactly. when it comes to basketball. That's what I like about the the weekend so much. Yeah. I, um, what do you think about the dunk contest? I, I, I didn't like the ending. Um. I mean, nothing against what, what Derek Jones Jr. did. He had some great dunks, but uh, who was who was the guy that Aaron got Gordon. Gordon? Aaron Gordon, that's right. Um, I don't know. Aaron Gordon gets a perfect, what, four straight dunks? Um, five. He did five. Per- perfect five. But the last one, they didn't give him the yeah, full 50. Yeah, so I – I mean, and, and he was obviously upset with it after saying, hey, I, I come out there and I, you know, I, I go perfect, 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 and then end up don't winning it. So I, I can understand his frustration. Um I wouldn't be shocked if that's something that's that's looked at differently for next season. But yeah. there there were really, really exciting dunks, so it was fun to watch. Yeah, it's interesting. The NBA seems very willing to change mm-hmm. and adapt all the time. They do the eel mending thing. All of a sudden, this report comes out today from Zach Lowe that uh, with this midseason tournament that they're wanting to do, they're considering playing 40-minute games in that tournament. They're considering, considering implementing eel mendings in things like the G League really cool how they are so willing to pivot and kind of not commit to one thing so directly because the way that the I think that the the landscape is changing around sports is that the more malleable things are the more they change the more that they become more interesting and effective the better 
And that's interesting as well because the NFL today actually had a report come out about a big change that they're making. They're usually pretty slow in things like this because they know that the viewership is going to be there. Like mm -hmm. a random Thursday night game can have more viewership than the NBA Finals, you know? Like, yep. So the, the NFL just has so much uh, viewership, just guaranteed revenue that they don't even feel like they need to do much more than what they already are. But today they announced that they're considering expanding the playoff format from the usual six teams per conference to seven. But this comes with some stipulations as well. They're planning on increasing the season from 16 games to 17. Great. More football. Awesome. Also, more chances for people's bodies to break down. Not as awesome. Um, but then you have one team from each conference that gets a first-round bye. So basically, that who won the AFC this season? That would have been the Ravens. Mm -hmm. So the Ravens would get the first-round bye, and then the next six teams all have to play each other to move it forward in advance. And then it's pretty much the same uh, format that we have right now. What do you think of adding a, an extra round of the playoffs? Do you think it's a good idea or bad? I like it. Uh, and, I mean, like you said earlier, the NFL, they're not exactly known for changing things up all the time um, because they know that they're going to have that success no matter what they do. So I I like the idea. They're they're thinking about tinkering with it um, without, you know, just overhauling yeah. their playoff system. Um, but I really like the idea of, of adding in, uh, you know, another seed because when you bring in another seed, there's going to be chances of more upsets. Upsets are, make, you know, they make sports great. So I like the idea. Uh I hope it goes through, but who knows? Yeah. Well, you look at what the Titans, for example, did this season. Yeah. Super close to not even making the playoffs. They get two wins in the playoffs, including beating the Patriots. You know, like yep. that was a really monumental uh, kind of run that they had, but they never would have even had that chance if they didn't make it. So I think expanding is a great idea. It's just football's so violent, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's every week you're risking serious, serious injury. That's why you play so many fewer games, right? It's yep. just so physically taxing. Um, and having 17-game seasons, I don't know, man. Like, if I was a player, I'd feel frustrated by that because yeah. they're already asking so much. Like, think of the players you know that play all 16 games every season. They're few and far between. So I, I'm interested to see. This also comes with um, the Players Union receiving more of the revenue sharing from the CBA. It's like a, a percentage point and a half, which is a pretty big number in the grand scheme of things, talking about the billions that flow through. Um, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the change, uh, but I'm interested to see how it's implemented, and I'm interested to see, as well, players' uh, reaction to it. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure Richard Sherman, any time now, is going to be tweeting something about how, you know, we, they're already taking enough damage, they're already, already putting in enough work that this kind of expansion isn't really necessary. But it'll be interesting to watch. That's, a, that's such a big thing, because, like I say, the NFL just seems so... Uh, I don't know what the right word might be. Traditional. Yeah, traditional, yeah. just cautious. They're like, we know we got something that works. Why we need to make big changes? Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they even, if they're going to add another playoff game, if they were to take away a regular season game, just to maybe balance that out a bit more. Yeah, that would um, be a good compromise. Because obviously player safety, it, it needs to be looked at more and more. Um, and, and you don't want them prolonging their season just if they're going to get you know more hurt. So Yeah, this is just such a weird time right now because NBA is considering all these changes – as their season's going on, NFL in their off season, considering what this would be a monumental change. This would be like, this is a, a new era. When you start changing playoff formats and things around, you are saying like, okay, the, this is the bookends of this era. Yeah. Now we're going to try something new. Um, I think that that's really 
interesting because baseball is also experiencing that same thing now with all of this news that has come up in Astros cheating scandal, you know, with them literally just looking at cameras to see what pitch was coming. I remember during that stretch run, I was like, man, they keep hitting all these walk-off bombs. Like in key situations, every game comes down to the wire with the Astros. And now in hindsight, it's like, well, yeah, they were stealing pitches. Yeah. Of course they were going well. So I think that the, the real problem with MLB has is that they don't want to change anything. Like they're too traditional. Mm-hmm. And I think that just the way that media is moving forward, the way that just sports entertainment in general is being consumed, the more malleable you can be, the more flexible, and the more you can really show not only integrity but care. Like the NBA cares about its players. They want to give them outside opportunities, make, make them play less games. The NFL's like, eh, just keep playing. You guys will be fine. And if you're not, we'll just get somebody new in here yep. to replace you. But big news coming this week for SU football from the schedule release. Okay, do you want to walk us through that? Or I, I can read it through real quick. I can take us through. Okay, let's go. Yeah, so we've got a uh, season opens September 5th at home against Dixie State. Uh, that rivalry is coming back. It was, it's been gone for a while, so it'll be fun to have that one uh, being played again. And then September 12th at Utah State. That's the only um, FBS team the T-Birds are going to be taking on. I'll be in Logan. And then September 19th at Sacramento State. Then home against Eastern Washington. Home against Portland State. At Northern Arizona. Home against Northern Colorado. At Montana on Halloween. And then at Idaho big home rivalry game uh, against Weber and then they'll finish at Abilene so uh, so 11 games the bye week comes October 10th so they've got one two three four five games before the bye so it's about mid-season yeah uh, it's nice to have that bye a little earlier on For sure. let's talk about the the preseason and postseason opponents uh, I guess non-conference so Dixie State that's a huge game um, Dixie's going to transition to division one uh so, is that next year or is it this year that they're? Uh, they'll be a Division One program by this year. Yep. Okay, so uh, that's going to be their first Div- Division One game. Yep, and it's against a huge opponent. This is such a crucial start to the season, not only because SU wants to start strong, but also because over the next ten to fifteen years, this is the the main opponent that uh, SU is going to have in recruiting in terms of getting sponsorships and and everything. Dixie going D1 is going to be a really, really hard competitive thing for SUU. It could make them even stronger, or it could derail the program. But what are you thinking uh, going into this Dixie State game? How much importance do you feel coming uh, from this matchup? I think it's huge. Uh, And like you said, it's a rivalry game. I had a chance to talk with Coach Warren yesterday, and uh, he emphasized just how you know how the team looks forward to rivalry games. It's going to be the opening week, so you're going to have so much excitement uh, going into that game. Um, and then on top of it, uh, you've got a football program that's expected to make it to the FCS playoff. They've obviously uh, you know have come up short the last two years, so yeah. um, the expectations are still there for this program, and they feel like they've got the pieces to do that. And what better way to to show people that, hey, you know, we're back on track. This is where we need to be than taking down your uh, your regional rival at, at, at home in week one. So it's a huge game, and it could really set the tone for the season. Yeah, I think that um, it's a really exciting time for SU football because there's so much transition with new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, the quarterback leaving, you know, a couple defensive pieces graduating or moving on. I mean, SU's best 
NFL prospect in the last few years, Zach Larson also moving on now. Um, and I think that that game against 60 State is the exact kind of game you need to set the tone for the rest of the season. If, if SU comes out, blows out Dixie State by 21, all of a sudden, you know, the whole town is back on the T-Birds back, and they can probably carry that momentum a little bit further. The next game, though, at Utah State, so that's two in-state rivals in one season for SUU. I couldn't tell you the last time that they've had that chance, but um, those in-state games are so important because so many of those recruits that are considering, hey, do I go maybe play as a backup at Utah State or do I get a chance to start eventually at SUU? So that'll be a very interesting matchup. I think the last time that SU played at Logan, they almost won. It was yeah, like they, a 12-9 they, they lost 12-9. to nine. So they, they hung in there. Um, I'm trying to pull up what year that was. I want to say that was 2014 or 2015. Yeah. Um, I remember going to that game thinking, whoever wins this game is the school I'm going to go to. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> SU lost, but I, I thought it through a little bit more. Ended up making a good decision there. Red looks better than blue, so good call. Yeah, I think... That's a huge game. And uh, Utah State, assuming Jordan Love moves on, they've got stuff changing in there with uh, their coaches moving on as well. It's going to be an interesting uh, game. I, I'm, Utah State's really good. I don't have any expectations as you can go in there and, and compete mm-hmm. and actually try and get the win, but they can definitely make some noise. Um, as we move to the conference schedule, Sacramento State finished in, I think, the top 10 in FCS last season. That's the first conference game on September 19th. Eastern Washington, always tough, but that's the homecoming game. Yeah. Eastern Washington's always very good. You usually want to schedule someone a little bit lighter for homecoming, but that's going to be a big challenge for SEU, but one that they can probably stand up to. And then uh, don't have to go to Montana State this year. That's that's nice. They get Northern Arizona. Portland State's pretty good consistently. Northern Colorado also solid. But getting to go to Idaho is one of the road games. That's nice. Idaho's never – Super, super tough. But I think another really interesting thing, they closed conference play on Weber State. And usually in the past, they've had the big guys had SU close against Northern Arizona. What do you think about having Weber State at the end of the conference schedule? Oh, it's great. I mean, that's that's just what's great about college football is having those, those end-of-year rivalry games. Uh, SU, Weber State may not be up there with the Michigan, Ohio State, or, uh, you know, USC, UCLA um, in terms of the big name. But I think uh, for the fans and the players for both those schools, that's their uh, that's their one they really want to you know get out there and dominate. So uh, there's just something about those football games played in, in late fall when it's cold outside and you really don't yeah. like the other team. So uh, I, I think that's great that they're gonna they're gonna close against them. Yeah, that'll be a fun one, November 14th. To, to look forward to that. And then to end the season, this is something kind of unusual. SU will travel to Abilene Christian, as McKay mentioned. Uh, can you talk about closing the season? Uh, in a non-conference game, what 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 that'll do for SUU? Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure. Uh, you know what the what went into that or yeah. how that happened, um, but it is interesting. That's for sure, and it's being played in Texas, so uh, I feel like the furthest the furthest east SU usually goes would be to uh, you know Colorado. Um, so going all the way to Texas, that'll be uh, an interesting game. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure why they're they're closing out there. Yeah, that's. I'm sure that uh, something had to to make that happen. That it's not just something that they're doing on a whim. But yeah, um, it'll be interesting to see that because, like SU soccer did something similar last season where they had their conference play. They had like a random game at UNLV in the last game of the season. Uh, let's just say it didn't go very well. So 
we'll see how they manage that. that that's, it's also just a great chance for any players that are sticking around. The seniors get to play their last home game against Weaver State. And then those young redshirt guys that they want to give some minutes to, want to give a chance to, to prove themselves, can have a chance to do that. Uh, we're going to move over to basketball now. I love football. Basketball is my first love. And I've been hurting the last few days. I'm not going to lie to you, MVK, because SU men's basketball, for as hot of a start as they had to the beginning of the season, now 14-11 and 11 overall, 7-7 seven and seven in conference play, lost three of their last four, and I think they've lost uh, six of their last eight, too. It's been a tough few games. They've been on the road. Uh, they've got two more road games this week. Uh, it's been kind of a tough stretch here. McKay, what have you seen from SU basketball? Any I just trying to gauge how they can maybe get back on track here? Well, uh, the nice thing about basketball is you can get hot, you know, just as quickly as you can get cold. So they've got a really good opportunity tonight uh, on the road at Northern Colorado, who I believe if they're not number one in the conference, they're they're right they're up there. They're second or third right they're, now. So they're, you're playing uh, on the road against one of the best teams in the conference. Uh, and then on Saturday, you've got that big game on the road at Weber. So, um, yeah, things haven't been great, but if there's a time to really – get yourself back on track it'd, it'd be winning you know one of these two games or somehow getting both of them so I uh, obviously that this has not been where they want to be right now but uh, they've got a good opportunity coming up to get back on track well I really thought um, about midway through conference play SU had established themselves as one of the four best teams in the conference I thought it was Montana Northern Colorado Eastern Washington and SU those were the four teams that really had a chance of making something happen in the conference tournament and since then, SU has really, really been on a slide. Now, they've been getting some new guys in. They've been trying to rotate uh, their lineup a little bit more, trying to get Andre Adams involved, moving all these pieces in. But they it's just so confusing because they'll have one game. Like against Portland State, I, I thought nobody could play with SU in that game. But these other teams that defend and transition so well, they get back, they force SU to score out of the half court. It's been a really, really tough uh, struggle. Now, SU fits, sits in sixth place. They if the season ends today, they wouldn't even have a first-round bye. Um, that's just an intimidating prospect uh, to try and get everything back on track. What do you think Coach Simon's trying to, to implement as the season goes on here? I think just looking forward as much as possible and, and realizing that um, you know, even though this isn't right where they want to be, uh, they've still got all their goals ahead of them. They can still get that first-round bye. They can still win the tournament or still win the Big Sky Tournament and make it into the, the big dance. So I think just having them look forward as much as possible and realizing they can still reach those goals they're just gonna have to, to work their butts off to get there yeah and the last three losses they haven't scored or last four losses they haven't even got to the 70 point threshold so it's it's become clear that the scouting uh, plan of their opponents is going to be something like hey if we can make it so john knight can't get to the basket and we can make it so that when su gets rebounds they can't get out and run then they only can really score through a few different ways. And then limiting that so much has just been its been so tough. Uh, I think that getting Cameron Leadson more and more involved is something that we've talked about over and over. Uh, but really just diversifying that offensive attack and trying to limit their opponents. Like, they'll have one game where they hold Portland State, who's one of the best offensive teams in the conference, to 57 points. And then Sac State puts up 70 on them. And then Northern Arizona puts up 82 on them. And it's been confusing it's just been like who are you guys like are you are you this team that can really just come out and punch anybody in the mouth or is it something 
just out of your control like is it really just matchup based or what's going on here I, I think that of everybody on this campus I mean of every men's basketball coach out there I think Todd Simon's the guy that can can correct ship here um, but it's got to start happening soon man they've got six games left this season or is it down to four now I've uh, either way the they, they've got six they've got two on the home or two on the road and then two at home and then two on the road yeah so conference tournament starts March 11th that's three more weeks they only have two more home games um the time to figure things out is running out time to figure things out is now they need to start building momentum over these last six games and really take some some oomph with them into the conference tournament because as much as we have harped on how their depth will be effective in the tournament if you can't figure these teams out now or if you can't at least get an inkling for what you need to change it's gonna be tough but well, we'll I, I know last year uh we played at weber early on in the season and it was that game at Weber that I feel like the team really came together. They That's gelled true. and th they rallied. Um, the theme for that game it was uh, it was getting out of the mud. And even though this year we're playing Weber at the end of the the conference slate, um, I'm hoping that it can be a similar effect where the guys can rally on the road in a, a you know a rivals environment. Um, so that's why I say, you know, I, I think a, a game on the road against your rival it may not yeah. it may not seem like the best time, but it could be the good time for this team. I that's a great point you make because they're at Northern Colorado tonight and then mm -hmm. they are at Weber State on Saturday. They have to make the trip from Greeley up to Ogden to play in Weber at Weber and then we're talking about it as well. Weber State doesn't have a game today, so they have the whole week to prepare for SUU. Uh the odds are stacked against them for SUU in this game just just logistically. Mm -hmm. It's tough to to be on the road and try and get up for that, but they do. It just feels like they need that big lift. They need that kind of cathartic, get the monkey off their back moment. I think yep. you're right that the a rivalry game against uh, Weber on Saturday, where they don't have to worry about impressing any of their fans. They just have to go out and play. Just have to go out and do their best. Well, that's that's a revenge game too. Um, yeah. I'm sure a lot of I'm sure all of them remember how it felt uh, when Weber came in and, and slapped him around. So that's a revenge game too. But this game against Northern Colorado on paper is tougher. And if they can, if they're demoralized from losing against Northern Colorado, if they overlook Northern Colorado, it's a dangerous time. But it's also the, the like you say, the kind of stretch where they can really pull the momentum back on their side. Um, SU men's basketball have been struggling a little bit of late, but SU women's basketball has been on a kind of a tear. They had kind of a, a disappointing loss against Sacramento State that they probably should have won, but they've won three of their last four, and uh, I want to say six out of their last eight. Women's basketball kind of turning the heat up here. And, and we talked about this, too. Men's basketball was home for the first half of conference play for the most part. Women's basketball was on the road. They struggled. Now they come back home. They're looking great. Men's basketball has to get out on the road, and they're starting to struggle. It might just be as simple as that, like winning on the road so tough at this level. But Becca Cardenas still leading the conference in points per game. Harley Hansen had a huge game last week in the win against Northern Arizona, and then they get Northern Colorado and Weber State at home. They got a big overtime at Northern Colorado earlier this season, and Weber, that's just a much, as much a rivalry game for them as it is for the men's team, you know? So it'll be interesting to watch uh, how both of these teams close the season out. It's crazy to think that we only have six games left. Yeah. I feel like I've been looking forward to this basketball season for, like, 18 months now. As soon as John Knight transferred here, I was like, oh, this is going to be the team. This is going to be the year, but... Well, they're still figuring things out. They've still got some time to, f to sort it all out, but 
I've got two special guests here joining me for the Power Ranking segment. Today we're talking our top five video games of all time. This is going to be interesting. We've got Hayden Coombs, Director of Operations for the University Journal, and Bryson Lester. I, I don't know what Bryson's official name is. He oh, just does everything for athletics. <laughs> <laughs> it's really long and unnecessary. That's, that's okay. the best kind of way to have titles. <laughs> so, McKay, I think we should start with you. All Why right. don't you uh, run us through your top five there, and we will critique as you go along. It's just the last five years of NCAA football. Yeah, Bry Bryson, <laughs> Bryson pretty much. He, know, he knows me way too well. This list, and I'm not even probably as big of a gamer as the, the two guys I'm sitting next to right now, Hayden and Bryson. But what is that supposed to mean? You guys like take gaming. I feel like you guys are a little more spread out when it comes to gaming. Um. But this, this list was tough. So even as I'm saying this, I might need to be switching things up. But uh, I, I think five would have to go with uh, NBA 2K. Growing up, I was an NBA live boy. But when that kind of shut down, I, I switched over to 2K. And Is there a specific 2K you're especially nostalgic toward? I, I think it was – was it 2K11 or 2K12 that had Jordan on it? 2K12. 2K12, yeah. right? I thought 11 was the first one. Oh, 11, yeah, like because that's years. the year right before I got married, <laughs> and that's when I got it. Yep. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, the so, one so it was 11, because I yeah. think that was the first, the first one where like, one. they really developed my player, and, and yeah. that's just where you create your own guy. Uh, obviously, now the 2Ks are totally, they go over the top on my player, but still really cool. So that's when I really look back on for Mario Kart, just such a fun game. Okay. Um, Do you have a specific Mario Party, or Mario Kart, excuse me? Uh, the, that first one they came out with on the Wii. Um, that seven or eight? There's so many Mario. It's yeah, just Mario Kart it's, Wii. It's the one I think okay. about on the Wii, and like yeah. they. Oh yeah, yeah. With they, the where you drive it with the Wii motes. Yeah, oh, yeah. So that was. I mean, just because that one was just hectic. Just, it was wild. Yeah, so much going on. It in that also one. controlled horribly. It did, but I mean, at the time, <laughs> at the time, you didn't think it was that bad. I I try playing it now. I'm like, wow, how did I do this? Dude, I just remember playing online. That was the first Mario Kart you could play online. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. so cool. I sucked online too. Like I thought I was good because I could beat up my family, but then the second I got online, I just sucked. There's always like one person with like Japanese characters as their name that's just like a lap ahead of everybody. <laughs> Seriously, it's like what does I don't yeah. understand how that's possible. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think three roller coaster tycoon. I, I mean, I'm I'm all about, I'm all about I'm all about theme parks and building roller you call coasters. Us out. I'm not as big of a gamer as these two next to us. Then you well, I'm, the I'm, 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 a, I'm a gamer, but I feel like number you two hospital tycoon. Okay. Number who one was, zoo tycoon. Who was playing on their Switch earlier today? I mean so <laughs> and hey, then, my boss could be listening. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say who it was. Uh, and then, and then two, uh, Kingdom Hearts. I know, I know, Bryson loves this one. Yeah. Uh, big Disney okay. guy. Uh, and then I think number one, I'd have to say the NCAA football franchise. I'm still heartbroken okay. that it's uh, it's not there. Um, yeah, NCAA is going to be something I think we'll talk about a lot. But keep going. Yeah, so I just I, I love that game. I mean, it, that was the game, honestly, that probably got me really loving college football. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like I loved playing NCAA football before I loved watching college football. So, uh, you know, I, I think back to growing up, uh, going and buying that game. I had the exact same routine for almost every time I got it, no matter how old I was. Uh, I'd buy it, I'd get home, you pop it into the Xbox, you watch like the, the intro kind of video segment that opens up with it. I'd always get upset because they never had anything Utah in there. Um, <laughs> it was all like, you know, Penn State, Michigan. If they had BYU, I'd get really upset. So, yeah, I'd watch that. And then every single time, uh, the first thing I would do, and I don't know if you guys did this, I would go through and look at all the different uniforms they had for each team. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like I just – I love doing that. Like all 120, 123 teams. So, 
uh, I mean, it took me a while before I even actually started playing the game. There was like a whole process I went through. Oh, but everybody. And and if you know the heavens open and that game was returned to us today, I'd probably do the exact same thing. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you're too far away. Uh, it's no, it's yeah. coming. I I, I can <laughs> feel it. It's coming. <laughs> yeah, Such a good game. I remember always like when NCAA 11 came out for the first time, where you could like change the pants and the jerseys and like yeah. mix match things. Oh. That was so much fun. Great, mm-hmm. great game. Literally, like, 10 minutes before every game, I'm like, does this gray look better with the red, or should I switch it around? But we need an FCS one, too, so we can get SU football. Play yeah. around with the uniforms. Well, that'd, that'd be, be fun. so fun. All right, Bryson, tell me what you got for your Power 5. I know this is probably very, very heartbreaking for you. It, it's tough. It's tough. It was, I was talking to Kyle before I walked over here, and he just and I said, I have to list my top five favorite games as I walk across campus. And he <laughs> said, well, it's just going to be five different iterations of Pokemon. So that <laughs> That's what I said. called that. <laughs> when they said Bryson's coming on, I'm like, uh, the five most recent Pokemons he's played? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, my number five, I'll go descending order. Uh, number five, uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 okay. specifically is my favorite uh, of the Mario franchise. It's the best one. Yeah, Yoshi's Mar- fun in that game. Exactly. Mario Odyssey came out a few years ago. It's really good, but it didn't top it. So that's my number five. Uh, number four is Kingdom Hearts 2, specifically the second one. I like the second one much more than the first one. It just controls a lot better. It has a much way more better depth story. Too. It's way, way more deep. Do you like the... Is that the one where there was like 2.5, the Japanese Redux or whatever? There's like oh, 700 that, that, different versions there's, of that There's game. a bunch of those. <laughs> there, there's a bunch of the two-point blank, one-point blank. Yeah, it gets a little <laughs> confusing, but number two. Uh, I had to get Smash Bros. on here somewhere. I'm partial to Brawl because it's the one I played the most yeah. growing up. So Super Smash Bros. Brawl is my number three. Uh, number two is the newest game on my list. It's God of War for PS4. Oh, yeah. I've uh, heard that's awesome. That game is incredible and for somebody i was a ps2 kid you know i mm-hmm. played through all the god awards when i was younger and so to come back to that with a brand new fully developed character and kratos and his kid and the story and it was beautiful and the gameplay yeah. was incredible well and as nerdy as it sounds like god of war one it, it was on my list it was actually my number six it just got bumped off but like <laughs> you get emotionally attached to these characters yeah and especially as you get older, Kratos got older with you. Like, exactly. It's cool. It's all of a sudden Kratos is a father, right? And yep. it's just like, oh, he's, he's hit a new point in his life. He's yelling at this kid because he's messing up. Yeah, there's a lot more weight to the <laughs> whole story there. It was, it was and awesome. I can tell you as a father, that's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Before I give you my number one, which is obviously a Pokemon game, just <laughs> which one is going to be. The, uh, my, I had honorable mentions. Uh, Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Okay. Great. Uncharted 4. Ratchet and Clank nice. for PS4, and then a Super Mario RPG on SNES are, okay. are all up there for me. So that's a that's a solid list. I'm gonna go now because I feel like my list is actually pretty similar to Bryson's. All right, all right. Um, I had number five, Uncharted Four. Yeah, that's like the the best action game I've ever played. Oh, I it's think. phenomenal. It's just so much fun. It's like all so well planned out. The story's really interesting in that game too. You also, it's also interesting too. It's like familial elements to games because in Uncharted Four you have your brother that you're mm-hmm. working with. Always makes the story feel just a little bit more heavy. So I, I think that's number five. Number four, I had a tie. I couldn't pick which one because Spider-Man for the PS4 also really fun action experiments experience. But Red Dead Redemption Two, I feel like the story in that game just knocked me on my butt. I was like thinking about greater things beyond just like the game, but also like American history. I thought that was fascinating. I think I would probably go Red Dead Two with the slight edge there. 
Spider-Man just barely got bumped off my list. I loved it. The story was incredible. And the gameplay in that one was, like, really what made it for me. Yeah. It, like, it was just incredible. The weight to everything just yeah. feels so perfect. Like, you're swinging, and you really do feel like Spider-Man, as dorky as that is and as cliche as it's been. But All right, number three for me is Rocket League. I feel like online gaming is a huge experience for me. Like, I don't... I play more time just online with people playing Rocket League than I do playing single-player games. I feel like I've dedicated too much of my life for it not to be one of my top five things. <laughs> but a, a quick shout-out to you. You have yeah, you're being parlayed over there right now. your <laughs> passion of Rocket League into a standing job offer, right? Like, yeah. you are a syndicated journalist of Rocket League esports. Like, that's huge, man. Yeah, it's just dorky gamer stuff. It's more than anything, I mean. But I appreciate it. But it's not. It's it's a career. It's a career that's waiting for you. We'll find out a year from now when I graduate. (laughs) McKay can't make NCAA football hype videos. That's true. That's very true. (laughs) Very true. If you did, though, I would watch them. I'm kind of thinking about it, though. That might be fun. I'm I'm honestly shocked I haven't yet. Everyone sent in their files and all these interesting angles. I'll eventually. I mean, I'll sometimes send Snapchats to Bryson. So that's that's kind of you know on the the way. If you can figure out how to rip video off of my PlayStation 2 memory card, <laughs> let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll find a way. We got some money footage. Oh, shit. It's just like epic shots of like these blocky things running down the field. <laughs> we need to find like a good 2011 sound, though, like a good, a good song to go with it just to fit it. Oh, my gosh. All right. Number two for me is also NCAA football. NCAA 07 has Reggie Bush on the cover. First year with one. Campus Legend mode. Mm-hmm. I mean, just God tier. I've downloaded emulators of that game on three different uh, devices of mine just because I love playing it so much. Also, Creative School is really great in that one. And the number one Zelda game, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. That's my favorite. I just, the open world, the way that the gameplay is so open. You just, you make every decision. It's so cool. And you don't have to go anywhere specific to do anything. You just go and play and have fun. But, all right. Hayden, give me your top five. I wonder what other similarities you'll have with the rest of us. All right. So, number five, no one mentioned this one, Tekken 3. All right, so this throws it back to the PlayStation 1. Okay. Specifically, what I loved about Tekken 3 was there was a mode in that one that hasn't been on any Tekken since called Tekken Ball Mode, where it's the same setup where, you know, it's a fighting game, one guy on the side, one guy on the side, but you have a giant beach ball in the center, and you hit (laughs) that, and it, like, builds up power, goes back and forth. My brothers and I would play that for hours, and eventually it'll get too powerful where you can't block it, you have to hit it. If you don't hit it just right, your guy explodes. Best fighting game of all time, in my opinion. <laughs> See, I'm a, I'm a big fighting game guy, but Tekken doesn't do anything for me. Yes, we've had this conversation <laughs> many times <laughs> over Zaxby's. does nothing for me. Uh, number four, NCAA football series. Um, I think as far as sports games go, it doesn't get better than specific NCAA one? football games. Uh, my specific one is 2002, Carson Palmer on the cover. It wasn't my first NCAA football game, but it was the first I had. This is going to age me on a next-gen system. Uh, I got it for my PlayStation 2 uh, the same year I got my Juice Man Jr. So that whole Christmas break, it was just NCAA football, create a school with drinking fresh-squeezed orange juice. It was the <laughs> best three weeks of my young adult life. I think we need to have a second, like a return to this segment where we talk about all the creative schools we've made. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the legendary players. All the recruits to come through. Uh, Yeah. Well, it was the first year that they had, like, players could transfer if you're not playing them enough and things like that. So I just I had so much fun with that game. Uh, Number three, Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. Okay. 
doesn't get any better as far as platformers go, in my opinion, than Super Mario World for the SNES. Uh, number two, Borderlands series, specifically Borderlands, Borderlands 2. Um, my favorite shooter game by far. I got number two right as my wife entered the zombie stage of pregnancy with our first one. <laughs> so I had six solid weeks of her going to work, coming home, and just falling asleep watching Gossip Girl. And so I would play that game for like six hours a day. And if we want to talk about how disappointing the new one was, we'd need a whole other hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I played through it once, and I was like, I don't care about the DLC. I know I dropped 100 bucks on it. I'll never play it again. I played 20 Ooh. minutes of that game and haven't restarted it. <laughs> oh, that hurts. <laughs> and number one, the one game I have literally purchased on every system it's been available for, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. It's the precursor okay. to the bio, the all the Bioware, Mass Effect, Dragon Age games, only it's in the Star Wars universe. As far as story goes, uh, there's no better video game, in my opinion. The, just an insane, uh, really exciting story to go along with great gameplay. And uh, like I said, I got it for the Xbox, the original Xbox when mm-hmm. it first came out. Since then, I've bought it on iOS, on my MacBook, for PC, for my now my Android phone, it's my one game I will continue going back to until I die. Yeah, and I there's think rumors it's coming back. Ooh. Yeah, they just you, you can't you can't play with my emotions <laughs> like that. I've been waiting for number three since I was a sophomore in high school, so it, I I just can't get my hopes up at this point. Yeah, I it's when you fall in love with the game, like NCAA football is that same way for me. Mm-hmm. Where I just like when I was a kid and I didn't know what you were supposed to pray about. <laughs> oh, I got okay. something. I got something to pray about now. Trust me. Like I'm, I'm praying every night. Then Subway football <laughs> comes back. Like it's, it's just gotta be there. But it's funny too. Just even the slight differences between generations with us. It's mm-hmm. like, it's something going forward that I think about a lot. It's just the way games are perceived is all gonna change. Everything's just always in flux, especially with the internet now. But that has been the Thundercast. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Bryson and Hayden for joining us today. And McKay, thank you as well. That's all we've got. We'll be back next week. Bye.